This podcast series from Teacher Magazine is supported by SSO, Subject Selection Online, one easy platform for your subject selections. Let SSO handle the checks and challenges for you, extracting pristine data to upload into your timetabling software. Try SSO today at subjectselectiononline.com.au. Hello and thank you for downloading this podcast from Teacher Magazine. I'm Jo Earp. When we ask readers and listeners about the professional learning topics that interest them and what they'd like more support on, teacher wellbeing is always right up there. Um, I'm here today at the University of Queensland in Brisbane to find out about a teacher wellbeing study looking at the impact of two stress interventions. Uh, two of the research team, uh, lead researcher Professor Anne-Marie Carroll and Dr Julie Bauer, have joined me to share their findings. Um, so we'll start with you, Anne-Marie. Uh, what was the aim of the research, first of all? Uh, our Wellbeing Teaching and Learning Project is one of many research projects that we have going at the moment as part of our uh, special research initiative, Australian Research Council Science of Learning Research Centre. Uh, the centre was established in 2013 and it brings together 25 of Australia's researchers um, across the disciplines of psychology, education and neuroscience. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a really unique opportunity to do research that perhaps we haven't been able to do in the past. Uh, the project um, that we've been conducting sits under the major theme of promoting learning and What we've been wanting to do is to understand the crucial role that emotion regulation plays in terms of teacher stress and well-being. So within the project, we've conducted two major studies over the past two years. The first is our teacher stress study. And in this study, we conducted a very large web-based survey to develop a greater understanding of the occupational stress, burnout, the emotion regulation and the well-being in our Australian teachers. And then in our second study, which is our wellbeing, teaching and learning study, what we wanted to do here is to actually evaluate the benefits of interventions that would reduce stress and actually improve the emotion regulation and wellbeing in teachers. And another thing that we were very keen on also is to look at the downstream benefits Mm -hmm. of these teacher stress reduction programs on the students of those teachers. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a complex uh, project. Uh, like you say, there's been a, a stress survey as well before that. So who did um, who did it involve? We'll, we'll focus on the the interventions today. Uh, this was school teachers, wasn't it? It was. Yes. So in our um, in our well being teaching and learning study, uh, we recruited eighty three teachers mm-hmm. um, to the program, and they were interested. Um, from the outset in being involved in an intervention. So we put out a call through our Science of Learning Research Centre network and through emails to school principals um, on whether the teachers would be keen to come along to do an eight-week intervention Mm -hmm. with us. So it was quite detailed. And all of the participants were either primary or high school teachers and they were experiencing stress in their job. So that was one of the things that we wanted, was that they would acknowledge that there was some kind of feeling of stress within the work that they were doing. 
Um, however, um, there were quite stringent criteria. So they weren't on any antidepressants and they weren't doing any regular meditation or exercise at the time. They were in good physical health and also good psychological health. One other thing that they um, had to be willing to undertake an MRI mm-hmm. for the study. That's quite interesting. We'll move on to that in, in, a, in mm-hmm. a bit. Um, so what did you uh, actually do then? Uh, you mentioned there there were some interesting techniques which you don't normally get in, yes. in these projects. Yes, and that sort of comes back to that first point I made was that you know within our Science of Learning Research Centre some of the wonderful opportunities have been to take research into new domains where we weren't able to do that before with the collaborations across disciplines. So for our teacher participants, we allocated them to one of two programs. Uh, The Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program, or MBSR for short, developed by John Kabat-Zinn, or the Health Enhancement Program, or HEP, which was developed by McCoon and colleagues. We used a matched samples approach So we allocated 39 teachers to the MBSR program and we allocated 36 teachers to the HEP program. The groups were matched on age, gender, teaching experience, school type and eligibility for the MRI. So we wanted to make the the teaching samples as close um, as possible to each other. Both of the programs that we were offering to the teachers were aimed at reducing stress However, the content and method of the stress reduction differed substantially between the two programs. There were things that were identical in the programs. So each program ran every week for eight weeks for two and a half hours per week. Both programs had daily home practice. They also engaged in one full day retreat and they were run by qualified practitioners. But what we were really interested in was Um, the ingredients in each of these programs. So the MBSR program had very much a focus on meditation, mindfulness, training and body awareness and patterns of thinking, feelings and actions. Whereas our health enhancement program was more in line with thinking about good nutrition, good physical exercise and some music therapy in thinking about how important music can be to relax us, how um, intentionally listening to music can be a way of regulating our emotions. So they were a, a variety of measurement techniques, weren't they? There were. So in order to compare the two interventions and then to determine whether the stress reduction interventions were making a difference for the teachers, we gathered a lot of data. Uh, We administered teacher questionnaires and those questionnaires were concerning their teacher stress levels, um, depression and anxiety, burnout, emotion regulation, well-being and thriving. The participants also completed a series of iPad tasks and these tasks are from the Cambridge Neuropsychological Test Automated Battery or CANTAB for short. And we looked here on things that um, may measure emotional processing, um, speed of processing, their emotion regulation and their attention switching or control. And then the third major area of measurement was the functional magnetic resonance imaging or fMRI at time points one and two. 
I should mention that the questionnaires and the CANTAB were actually done at three time points, which were time point one before the intervention, time point two after the intervention, and then at time point three, which was at a five-month follow-up. Um, so the functional MRI is quite a well-known procedure um, in the medical um, world. Uh, in it, it obtains images of brain structure and it also records blood flow in relation to an event. So the blood flow is an indication of neural activity in the brain. So if the cells need to work because they have to do something, then they use more resources. Um, so they use more oxygen. And so that blood flow increases and that's what we're measuring as an indication of functional activity. During the MRI, participants have to stay really still in the scanner for about 15 minutes at a mm -hmm. time. And we measure their brain structure as well as their brain functional activity during the emotion regulation tasks, uh, which we adapted for this particular study. So they did two tasks, a teacher-specific emotional strip task and then an effective go-no-go -no -go task and both of these were looking at emotion regulation and executive functioning. So using the fMRI, we're able to explore brain function or activity as it relates to those tasks. Mm -hmm. So Julie, let's move on to the results then. Can you take listeners through uh, some of the early key findings then? Sure. Um, well, the teacher stress survey that we did initially um, before we, we went into the two programs what we found was that about 88% of teachers that we um, surveyed were either moderately or extremely stressed, mm -hmm. which we found quite amazing. And of those, 50% had actually considered leaving the profession within the past month. Mm -hmm. And while work was obviously a cause of stress for a lot of the teachers, one of the surprising things we found there were, was that the students weren't actually the source of the stress, it was more the, syst the systemic um, parameters around their work and, and the, you know, the workload and that kind of thing. When we got into the wellbeing, teaching and learning study, um, that was also quite interesting because as Anne-Marie said, we, we really tried to look at the ingredients in both of those to see whether there was any difference. What we found were, was that um, both of the programs were really beneficial for the participants who were involved and um, both were really extremely well received um, by those participants. So um, what we found was that those uh, teachers, so there were, was 83 teachers in total, those who reported being very stressed at time one, um, that number reduced by about half. When, that, when we got to time two. So um, they had gone from being extremely stressed to either moderately or only mildly stressed at time two. So after the program, the teachers showed reduced stress, reduced burnout and emotional distress, and um, they had improved their well-being, their emotion regulation, attention and mindfulness, and their short-term memory and their cognitive flexibility and sustained attention had also increased, which was really great. Um, so, yeah, that was maintained at the five-month follow-up. So we were quite pleased by that. Um, <coughs> the other thing that was really quite interesting in the findings was that, um, and we won't go into this a great deal yet because we've still got a lot of data to, to mm -hmm. work through, but we, we found that the teachers were actually... Um, when they, when we looked at their fMRI images, 
we found that there was some difference in how they were using their brains, but that both of them were reducing that that stress. So we'll, as we work through that, that's going to be, um, you know, quite a quite a fascinating, I think, outcome that we're looking forward to. There were some differences between the two different intervention types on the measures that we took. The MBSR group improved more on one of the measures of mindfulness, and they also differed from the HEP group on some of the fMRI findings, so on how they were using their brains. So even though we could see from the fMRIs that their stress had reduced from time one to time two, the areas that were lighting up there were, were quite different. Um, however, we really need to spend a lot more time looking at that data, so we won't go into that. Um, mm -hmm. That We need a lot more analysis on that. So, yeah, as you've mentioned, there's, there's an awful lot of work to do still in unpacking this, if you like. But um, w what does it mean, what you've found so far, the, the, the things that it seems to be suggesting, what does that mean for educators? Yeah, well, that's a really interesting question. Um, I think this study has really clearly demonstrated that we can help teachers to find ways to relax, to manage anxiety and to build emotional resilience by training them in mindfulness and compassion mm -hmm. and also through um, you know, spending time in exercise and nutrition and, and, and music therapy. All of these ways of looking after teachers are really important. Um, what we what we know is that teachers need time and they need the opportunity to um, to be able to have professional learning and collegial support, and I think that often gets lost in this day and age where everything's driven by data, and teachers just don't have time out to really ponder what they're doing. It's a really really crucial part of teaching. When they're explicitly taught strategies for man managing their health and stress within their lives, including in the classroom, they are better teachers. We know that. And so I think it makes sense for um, leaders to make space for these things within the day-to-day -day school environment. And it really needs to, um, I think teacher health needs to be prioritised in schools and it can't be an optional extra. It has to be deeply embedded in the processes that are happening um, where teachers can interact meaningfully with their colleagues and meaningfully with students, not just to sort of tick those boxes. Um, and, and I know that a lot of schools are, are trying really hard to do that, and I think it's, not, it's certainly not a simple fix. It, it's something that... Um, you know, we have people at high levels who know this, who are prioritising this, but somehow it's not filtering down and we've got to look at that and how that works. And so finally then, where do we go to from here or where do you go to from yeah. here? That's more the question. Well, I guess we're going to become very, very busy in the next <laughs> few months. We've got a mountain of data to still look at. Um, I think looking after teachers' well-being through programs such as these and, and other forms of support is, is extremely important, and it's a really worthwhile endeavour. Um, but these are only, as I say, these are only part of the solution. Um, I think that many of the teachers identify that it is this more broad systemic problem that we really need to look at, the solution needs to be multifactored. It's not simple. It's very, very complex. And a lot of people are aware of it, 
But um, what this project is going to do, I think, is give us um, a few clearer pathways that, that we can start to build towards um, a healthier workforce. These teach, the teachers we work with are doing an excellent, an excellent job in really, really difficult circumstances. And I think if we start to look at the complexity of these issues that they're facing and start to give them some of the tools to deal with that, then we are going to really look after one of our most precious resources, and that is the teachers who are tasked with looking after the social and emotional well-being of our students. They can't pour from an empty cup we've got to look after them first. For anybody who is interested in finding out more about our findings as we progress through our, um, through our mountain of data, um, we will be presenting at the International Science of Learning Conference, Research to Reality, which will be held at the Brisbane Convention Centre in September um, from the 18th to the 20th of September. Excellent. Well, that's in encouraging that uh, uh, this project is going to uh, give some pointers. Um, Professor Anne-Marie Carroll and Dr Julie Bauer, thanks very much for sharing your work with the research files. Thank thanks you very Jane. much, Jo. And uh, that's all for this time. Uh, to keep listening or to download all of our podcasts for free, just visit acer.ac forward slash iTunes or we're on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com forward slash teacher hyphen A-C-E-R. You can also check out the full transcript of this episode and the related reading. And as I mentioned, we'll put the links in there to those interventions that were mentioned. That's at www.teachermagazine.com.au, where, of course, you can also catch up with the latest articles, videos and infographics. This podcast series from Teacher Magazine is supported by SSO, Subject Selection Online, one easy platform for your subject selections. Let SSO handle the checks and challenges for you, extracting pristine data to upload into your timetabling software. Try SSO today at subjectselectiononline.com.au